Hey, what's happening, guys? Thanks for tuning back into the next episode of Drugs and Stuff. Today, Dave and I will tackle your listener questions, as we always do. If you want to take part in the next show, we'd love to have you comment below. We will tackle your questions then. Plus, comments, likes, all that stuff, it helps to boost us up in the algorithm. You guys have been doing an awesome job with that. I really appreciate you. And hey, if you are new here, let me encourage you to hit the subscribe button and hit the bell because we've got several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week featuring IPB pros, coaches, and educators in our industry that are all here to help you do better at this sport that we love while staying safe in the process. This week, Dave and I will discuss the most mythical transcontinental bromance that ever existed. Uh, Dave and I have been recording literally since 2016, though we hadn't met until just the other week. Uh, thanks to FedEx, thanks to Darren Nally and Rich Foster, they brought me over to record a live podcast at Fit Expo in Liverpool. Then after that, Dave and I got to hang out. So the beginning of the show, Dave and I are going to talk about that. I've got all sorts of like video and pictures and clips that I'm going to add to that. Uh, if you want to jump straight to the drug content, I've got timestamps below. No hard feelings, but if you want to enjoy that stuff, we had a lot of fun. This week, we'll talk about the differences between NPP and DECA. We have a listener who asks, am I not pushing gear hard enough? Do site injections increase the risk of muscle tears? A Trustalone-only cruise? Uh, spoiler alert, we don't really have a lot of experience with that, but if you do, comment below let me know how it went. Why do some steroids cause more acne than others? What about taking GH one month on and one month off? I, I wouldn't suggest it, but we do have some suggestions for him. Then food and supplements that reduce estrogen like dim we'll talk about all that and a bunch more guys thanks for watching the program let's get to it what's up guys welcome back to drugs and stuff with david crossland david stanley crossland uh, all of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. you can use our code think for some additional savings uh high quality supplements uh health supplements, performance supplements, anything you can think of. Ask me if you have any questions. Uh, also brought to you by Eval. Go to evalbloodanalysis.com. You can get your blood work done by Dave if you're in the UK. Also go to uh, supplementsource.ca if you're in Canada. You can get some great blowout deals there. And thank you to everybody on Patreon. This program is mostly brought to you by you. Thank you guys for helping to support the show. David, we're back after the world tour. We are, sir. Well, the UK tour, hardly world. Well, I traveled around the world, and yeah, it was. I call. I still yeah. I think it's fair to say world tour. First stop uh, and last stop was in Liverpool. Uh, thank you, guys, everybody. First of all, for watching. Everybody who watched the uh, the live feed, that was awesome. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's up. So go to check that out. Comment all that stuff because it'll help to boost us up. Um, I thought we'd do a couple things today. We don't have a topic. Instead, uh, we are going to answer all of your listener questions. But first, we wanted to recap uh, my travels, and I got to hang out with Dave in person. Dave, tell me, was that not the best day of your life, getting to go to York with me? <sighs> Moving on. I have so many pictures. The, the weather was nice. The weather was amazing, man. That was like my the kind weather of was, jam. The, the, weather, the weather was reasonable. <laughs> I it, it, That was so crazy. So I went to uh, York with, Is it, it, would you call it like the city of York? Yeah, it was the, it's the city of York, yeah. yeah. The city of York with Dave and his wife. 
And uh, we had a fantastic time, except for I think that I probably embarrassed them because we went out to uh, tea, like traditional English tea, and I had my camera with me the whole time, and I was like shooting video, and the waitresses were looking at. Like I don't think I was, I don't think I was very. Um, I don't know. That was that was not very formal. I. It was very I think American you were very Amer- yeah, I think you were very American tourist, that we say. And I totally no, I just mean, played I- it up. It's going to be the first like, real English scone that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> the waitress is looking at me. Yeah, people are looking at me weird, but I don't care. They're, they're used to it, I think, as well. But yeah, Betty's, Betty's is a traditional tea room. We, we spoke about it before you went, and we, we went to the one in York. Uh, there used to be two, um, but the old one has closed down, the original one, and this is the newer one. Um, and, and you had uh, sandwiches and scones, scones with, with cream and jam and, and a pot of proper tea. Yes. That was good tea, and that was literally the best scone I had ever eaten in my life. And that jam was amazing. That was good. And we we went to Hyde and Hoof for breakfast that morning, which is... Um, Ooh, yeah which is a dairy farm that produces their own ice cream and their, their, their own meat and all that sort of stuff. Um, As a matter of fact, I've got a couple of pictures here. Check this out. This is after breakfast. Uh, I was like, Dave, we got to go get a picture sitting on that uh, that bench that looks like a cow. And so we, <laughs> you can see Dave's very happy here. I had my to-go sausage because I didn't finish my breakfast. Did, did you eat that sausage? So here's the story. You carried, you carried it around all day. He carried this sausage around with him all fucking day. <laughs> it was such a good... The first sausage was so good, but the breakfast was so big, I couldn't finish it. And I was like, I can't bear to waste this sausage. So I got the to-go box. I put it in my backpack, uh, carried it around it all day long, at room temperature in the heat. And then I came back to your house. I left it in my backpack overnight because I forgot about it. And then I placed it in the waste can in the bathroom, which I planned to bring downstairs in the morning. And then I was like, oh, shit. So I actually texted your wife while I was at the airport. And I was like, hey, by the way, I planted that sausage in the trash can in the bathroom. I meant to bring it downstairs. I thought my worst case scenario was like that you guys forgot about it. And then like a week later, you're like, what's that smell? Because it's not, it's, you know, it's not a bathroom I, you guys normally use. I, um, no, I, I didn't know you wasted said sausage. Um, yeah, that's, that happened. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's about disgusting scott i am i am very appalled at you <laughs> i take you to a very nice breakfast well you 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 get a very nice proper organic big fat pork sausage it was good you know grown locally killed locally made locally uh, and you leave it in the bathroom here's a picture from betty's this is a nice picture too let's see get this thing loaded that was fun man that was fun so guys for those of you from America who have never been to tea, um, each one of those little trays, you have your sandwiches on the bottom, you eat those first, and then the scone with the jam and cream is in the middle, and then those just that chocolate dessert on the top was so rich, none of us could finish it, which I was surprised. I've never had that happen before. I've always been able to finish chocolate. I'm saying nothing. Yeah, that it was it was very rich. It was good. It was a fun trip. 
Where's uh, where's the cabbage? You know, I haven't seen him since you were here. He, he's disappeared. I don't know where the fuck he is. I don't know if he's hiding. I don't know what's going on with him. Huh. No kidding. Um, but no, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him nowhere. Um, <laughs> he was around when you were around, because obviously you saw him. Wait, what's that sound? Hold on a second. I think it's coming from my backpack. My, this is my carry-on bag from the trip. What the fuck are you fucking about with now? What is this? Hold on. Whoa, Dave! What the... F- you you stole You wouldn't cabbage. believe it! <laughs> you stole Christmas cabbage. I did no such thing. He must have stowed you stole himself... My cabbage. He must have stowed himself away in my bag. How you did this stole happen? my cabbage. I did not steal the cabbage. I didn't put you him in there. Stole the, Scott, you stole the cabbage. He says that uh, he wanted to go on a vacation. He said he wanted to see you the U.S. and that you told him that it was going to cost a lot of money. And so he got into my carry-on bag, I guess. Uh, and he came with me. This is going to be a real nightmare trying to get him back I, to you now. And you couldn't even give him the sausage because you left the sausage in the bin. <laughs> he's been, he's eaten nothing. He's been in my bag for over a week, Dave. <laughs> you stole the cabbage. I, I'm just disgusted at you, Scott. I can't believe you stole my cabbage. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting people that are really excited that the cabbage is in the U.S., I think. Look at that. He can sit right yeah, here. Yeah, but he's... Hang on a minute, right? So he's an illegal immigrant now. He can sit right here. He's allowed to visit. There we go. Has he got a visa? Has he got a passport? Uh, I don't think the cabbages need passports, Dave. Although it is technically illegal to bring food, like vegetables, into the United States from another country. So there is that. So you snuck cabbage through customs. You stole my... No, I'm just... This is disgusting. (laughs) We'll do this. How about this? Uh, I'll show him around. I'll you know introduce him to the U.S., which is very different, I've discovered, than England. By the way, I have to tell you guys that Dave's uh, little village that he lives in is literally amazing. Like, it is one of the craziest, coolest places I have ever seen in my life. These just these the, the dry stone walls in these old homes that are literally older than the United States. Uh, the the roads, just everything. It was. It was so different. So that said, I'll I'll give him a little tour. I don't know, a week or two, and then after that, I will uh, I will get him uh, sent home safely. How does that sound? So you're going to put him in a box. You better put him in with snacks. <laughs> what does he eat? Stuff. <laughs> anyway, cabbage, cabbage stuff. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, hanging with us as we reminisce about Dave's best day of his life, hanging out with me and going to York. Oh, 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 oh. How did you like um, the tower, the, the leaning tower as it now is? That was amazing. Is York Tower? It was literally like yeah, a castle so it, tower. But it's, it's leaning over now. They never used to. It's, it's moved as the years have gone on. I'll find a picture and I'll throw that in post-production for anybody that wants to check it out. But uh, I'm also working on a video uh, to show everybody the trip because we had a lot of fun. And uh, that said, we should probably move on because we have some listener questions, Dave. 
Okay, Your internet's so. clear too. By the way, guys, I took a screen cap. I did a, a speed test while I was at Dave's house, connected to the internet, and this is what I came up with. So, we are getting a twelve point five megabyte download speed at Dave's house, and a point seven two megabyte upload speed. That would explain some things uh, about why the internet works the way it does. So. Yeah. Anyway, it was like my research. I was trying to trying to figure out like what causes the Dave's picture to look the way it does. So we're actually I'm surprised that we're looking this clear right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. New new house should be much better. All right. Listen, we got a bunch of listener questions, um, and I figured we could just dive straight into them. Uh, we had one from Patreon, so I'll start there. I think he had two questions. He says, uh, hey, Scott, can't wait for you to meet Dave in person. It's going to make a great episode and sounds like so much fun. It was. It was, Nick. Uh, He says, first, uh, what is the difference between NPP and DECA? I keep hearing how interchangeable they are uh, and that they are basically the same. But then I hear how different people have very different uh, sides or results. Uh, if you and Dave could go a uh, deep dive into that, it would be great. They are the same. The the the, the, the ester changes. So nandrolone and phenylpropionate is a fast acting nandrolone. Nandro- See, we refer to DECA thinking it's a compound, but the DECA element is actually the decanoate ester. Hmm. It's nandrolone. Decker is nandrolone. Decker is a, a slang term, but it, the actual terminology of Decker refers to the ester, not to the actual drug. The drug is nandrolone. So you've got nandrolone decanoate and you've got nandrolone phenylpropanate. Same as you have test nth and test prop. Exactly the same scenario. So there are no difference in the way the compound works and its side effects are the same. People will argue that the fast-acting ester has slightly different side effects or slightly different strength of side effects. Uh, but I think that's probably more actually down to total dosing uh, because obviously with a slow ester like decanoate, you're going to get a much higher buildup and generally you're going to get a much higher dose circulating in the body. The side effects are exactly the same. So differences between results and side effects are not really down to the drug type but down to the associated dosing and just how people do it, you know, what people run it with and how they run it. Um I mean, I've always, people seem to think the DECA can't be run in a lean phase. If diet's tight, it's not going to make you fat. If diet's clean, it's not going to punish you, but it does tend to punish you if you stray. And then when people tend to use DECA is off-season, and as a result, they, they will be a bit slacker with diet, and, and generally that will mean more impact from water. People tend to run MPP more in a cut phase or when they're being much more you know, lean-focused with their diet. And as a result, you, you get no negatives from that side of things, but they're not different side effects. That's just because the diet's sloppy on one and not on the other. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, diet makes a huge difference because the same could be said we're like Anadrol, right? Uh, mm. You know, that said, though, I wouldn't say that DECA would be my first choice if my goal was to cut. No, I mean, it, it has, obviously, it has an impact on prolactin. It does convert to estrogen, you know, so there is an estrogenic effect there, and it wouldn't be my go-to. But, I mean, for a lean bulk, Deca, Mast, and, and Test, or, or MPP, 
uh, and test and, and mast is is a lovely little stack and works very very well for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just started working with a guy. Uh, shout out to Matt, and he's getting ready for a contest. He's currently running some NPP, and uh, he's doing all right with it. Like he's, you know, he's he's already in good shape, which is nice because a lot of times when somebody wants to start a contest prep. Like they're 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 definitely in need of help when they when they're coming to you and they, they it's because they don't know what they're doing a lot of times I think mm-hmm. and they're like hey it's twelve weeks out I could really use a hand this guy he's he's doing pretty good he's done all his homework and he's on an MPP because uh, he finds that he doesn't get the same acne side effects as if he were to just run higher test and uh, you know he's looking mm-hmm. pretty dry you know I, although I will say this um, I have not run. Out of the years of helping people prep, that literally means when you do this full time with probably, you know, over a thousand people, right? I've never used NPP all the way up into a show. Have you? I've used NPP till about two, three weeks out. Okay. And I've only dropped it for the last two, but I tend to. So, UK size, we tend to have a trend of dropping injectables, going into a show, and running in on orals. Maybe a bit outdated now, but uh, I still tend to do that way whereas stateside you tend to run right in on long esters don't you on certain compounds you know i was just talking to skip and andrew about this the other week they switched to short esters like for test i i tend to leave long esters in if we're doing good with a long ester test i'll ride that all the way into the show and then maybe stop like you know tuesday or wednesday at the latest just to cut down on the injection volume and the potential of like you know messing up you know yeah. blurring over a muscle you know but yeah i guess it's that's split. that's my that's my only fear of injectables close to show is is a bad site you know you get a bad site injection and you're you're particularly prone to them at that point because your body is quite vulnerable yeah it's very very stressed but yeah i've run people quite close to comp on, on decker uh, and not had any issues uh, because the diet's been on point and the cardio's been on point. Um, oh, yeah, shout out to Victor. He, sorry, Vic, Walter. Walter's going for his pro card on Thursday. I oh, think. hell yeah. Shout out to him. And good luck to him, too. Yeah. What show is that? I don't fuck it. He's told me, but I can't remember. Uh, it's, it'll, be in, it'll be in his chat. Um, I can't remember which one it is. Sorry. Yeah, we, but, yeah, so American. he's got it. He's got it. He's, he's going to show on Thursday, and then if that goes well, he'll be competing again at the weekend. Yeah. So for anybody just tuning in, by the way, um, Matt, Matt Blevins is just joining us, and he says, uh, am I seeing the cabbage over your shoulder, Scott? Uh, so long story short, uh, cabbage had stowed away in my backpack. Uh, so I'm going to show him around for a couple of weeks and introduce him to American culture. And then uh, give him the choice, you know, if he wants to go back to uh, jolly old England and, and live with Dave, you know, it's, he's a free cabbage. So, but I'm going to show him around, show him a good time. I think he's going to get homesick uh, eventually, you know, like it's all fun no, the first just, few days, you know. He's just going to get sick of you. He's not going to have Crocs for a start, fuck's sake. I mean, I'm going to take him know, to the Crocs wear store. Crocs. They have a good sale going on right now. He could, you know, once you put the Crocs on, Dave, you're going to love them. Trust me on this. If he comes back with a pair of Crocs, I swear I will hunt you down. I don't care how many guns you've got. They will be getting inserted up your back passage sideways. <laughs> yeah, so Matt Blevins has an American Christmas cabbage. Uh, they could meet. They could reproduce possibly and, uh, you know, you could start a whole thing. Anyway. Hmm. Is, Matt, is Matt's cabbage female then? Because ours is male, so... 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> um, all right, we got a bunch of questions still, so we're going to run through these. Guys, by the way, if you want to take part in the next show, comment below, of course. We'll tackle your questions then. Plus, comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps boost us in the, in the algorithm. We appreciate you guys. All right, question for the next episode. I've listened to the show for a long time, and I sometimes wonder if I'm not pushing the gear hard enough. Uh, it's always been my third priority with training and diet, both more of the focus. I haven't run over a gram total in four years and spend most of the year on a 200 milligram cruise and have consistently gained at least 10 pounds of lean tissue a year. He's 5'10 and 250, decent shape in the off season. Do you think that there's even a point where someone isn't pushing the gear enough? I always wonder if I pushed the gear that maybe I'd be 280. I'm 30 in November, and I feel like this time time really isn't on my side if I want to try and do something with bodybuilding. He said, uh, by the way, you guys critiqued my physique uh, on a show back in early 2021. I, I think there comes a point when, yes, the dose has to go go up, but it's really you as an individual that has to, to decide when that time is. Most people will go up way sooner than they need to. True. Yeah. Uh, I think in I think in his case he probably hasn't, and he's being very very sensible. And two fifty at five ten in good condition is 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 a decent size in ten pounds a year. You know. <clears throat> yeah, solid. Um, if if he finds his is so there's there's two arguments here in there. The one is. If progress is stolen, all things being equal, then potentially, yes, he needs to bring the doses up. And two is the time factor. If he's gaining £10 a year, year on year, and he's still doing that, then there is no real argument to take the dose up unless he has a time schedule that means he has to achieve a certain mass level in a certain time period. And, and all things being equal, if the dose is higher, you have the potential to gain that little bit quicker. There's no denying that. Um eventually you will get to the point where your cycles need to increase. I mean, it, it is just a fact of life. I mean, that's not to say you need to go astronomical. I mean, I went high not so much because I needed them to get that size, but because I needed them to get that size in the time frame I'd set myself. Okay. And let's, so there's two factors here, you know. Yeah, let's say he gains half of that, okay? he's he's Let's say he's 30 years old, and let's say he, say he gains five pounds of lean tissue per year by the time that he is in and he's 250 now uh let's say mm. it to it when he hits 35 years old he'll be 275 yeah mm -hmm. it's a big dude you know that's a big dude that's a lot of freaking muscle and i feel like if he were to do that and be able to do it with less gear he's gonna be able to stay in the game for longer right i mean yeah yeah obviously yeah so yeah. it, it's a it's a it's a difficult one isn't it because you can't you can't rewind and go again so you can only go off what's happening yeah but if, he, if he's still consistently gaining i wouldn't be overly concerned unless there's a particular reason why time is an issue um i mean a lot of people say get in get big and get out but then part of the problem there is you push it hard in a short space of time to get big quick and that's why you have to get out early. Yeah. If you take your time and you, you're health conscious, you've got a lot longer in the sport. 
You know, yeah. you don't have to be out by the time you're 35 or 40. You can carry on going because you've not pushed it hard and you've not taken the health risks that other people have. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and if he's thinking the time frame is because he's getting older at 30, almost 30 years old, you're really just coming into your prime now. And there's no reason that you can't continue to do this for the next 10 years as long as you keep your health straight, you know? I would say, yeah. I think that most of the good, somebody pointed this out one time, I think it was Shelby, he pointed out that there's no real good pros that are white that have competed past 40, that like by the time they hit 40, they hang it up. I can see that. You've got some guys that are really good that have like awesome, I'll call it black genetics, guys like, 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 um, oh, what's his name on the tip of my tongue, Dexter Jackson is, comes to mind, like he's been incredible he was incredible for a long long time he could you know had he had he kept going he might have been able to keep still be maybe not win at the arnold anymore but you know he could hit, do really good at a lot of pro shows i bet for a long long time mm -hmm. in his 50s whereas you know figure a lot of guys 40 is probably a good cap if you don't have those genetics you know uh, you can hit 275 in the next five years. That'd be that'd be a, a sick amount of progress to make. I don't know. What else we got here? Nevin. He says, "Question for the next week: um, Do site injections on muscles you plan to train uh, that day increase the risk of muscle slash tendon tears?" Uh, when you inject oil or water into a muscle, you temporarily volumize the muscle tissue. Does this artificial volumized muscle increase strain on the tendon when it is fully flexed? No, I don't think it increases strain on the tendon, but I do think it will potentially increase stresses on the muscle fibers around the injection point. You have... Uh, steroid injections are basically depot injections. So the oil sits and disperses into the muscle over a period of time. If you cite a small amount of oil pre-training, pre then that, that pool of oil within the muscle is going to be minimal. And probably the workout itself is going to help disperse it anyway. But if you cite a large amount of oil into a muscle, particularly if you're talking a single axis muscle like bicep or a shoulder, you know, deltoid or something like that, then there is going to be a localized information around the injection point. There is going to be a localized swelling of oil uh, around the injection point, uh, and that would create a, a greater element of stress and strain on the fibers in that area. But I, I would say it doesn't translate to a tendon. Hmm. Uh, unless you've had a bad sight and the whole muscle is inflamed, I don't see that relating to a tendon in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, you know what? I screen capped this too because he got a couple replies. Um, Gareth said Scott Ske Scott Stevenson talked about this once. I think he just mentioned pain rather than injury. Uh, didn't go into detail. I can tell you that it can yeah. be a lot more uncomfortable to train a muscle that's just taken a shot. You know, sometimes. Yeah, I, I think you're probably going to increase a level of micro tear in the tissue around the injection site, but I don't think you're going to have any impact on the muscle totality that's going to cause it to tighten up to a point where it's going to put strain on a tendon. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for tuning in to another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. If we've provided value to you today, then please consider contributing to our show. 
You can help support the show through Patreon. Every $5 helps to pay for the software and the hardware and everything else that goes into making a podcast. You can also contribute by using our code at True Nutrition. True Nutrition has been our title sponsor for several years now. I'm super grateful for them. And I've believed in True Nutrition supplements long before they sponsored our programming. You could use our code THINK for health supplements and performance supplements. Feel free to hit me up if you have any questions. And if you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have free shipping over $99, huge discounts on overstock, short-dated, and label-changed products. Plus, they have all your normal supplements too. Thank you guys for listening to the commercial. I hope you're having a great day and that your bodybuilding is going well. Let's get back to the shelf. All right, let's see what else we got. And you guys are welcome to comment in the live feed, too, by the way. Uh, John says, question for the next show. I've been in this game on and off for 25 years and recently ran two cycles over the past year while cruising on 150 test sip in between. Thought I'd try something different this time and decided to try mint only cruise, taking 20 milligrams three times a week of mint for the next 12 weeks. What kind of things can I expect from this, good and bad? Now, my understanding from what I've seen on this research, I haven't looked at for a number of years, that they did do some TRT trials with men at around that dosing, and it ran perfectly well. I wish, you know what, Victoria works with a very high-level, very well-known male in uh, the strength community who's done this. And I forget what she has said about it. Um, but man, I, I don't know. I mean, you've, you've never used Mint personally, right, Dave? I don't think so. I've used it with clients. I've not used it myself. I don't remember doing. Um, I may have done at some point, but if I did, it wouldn't have been of any astronomical dosing. So that would be um, 60... Wait, uh, three times a week, 20 milligrams. So he's doing 60 milligrams versus normally he would do 150 test sip. I don't know. I'd be interested to I'd, see what happened with him. If, 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 that, if, that's, if that's an anthe, then I would say that dose is too high. 60 a week is too high with no test. I would, I would have, if I remember rightly, the trials I were looking at were something like 25 milligrams of, of ment a week. And it replicated a TRT dosing at that. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So Matt, I, I suspect the 60 might be too old. I, I want to clear something up too. Matt Blevins said, if 40 is too old, then I should stop. That's not happening. I, I think what I'm trying to say with age-wise is pushing for extreme mass, looking to become an open pro bodybuilder. Um, you know, yeah, 40, you're probably, it may be past for you. If you're already in your forties, becoming an open pro bodybuilder from scratch, it may not happen, but that doesn't mean you can't still do everything you can in the sport and enjoy it. You know, look at Dave. I mean, just look at Dave. No, I'm, I'm in agreement there. I think trying to go into the pro ranks at 40 is, is a difficult ask. Already being a pro at 40 is a completely different scenario. Oh, this is a comment from the previous episode. Cabbage is packing his bags for fit eggs. For fit eggs. Ha ha. Did you forget him, Dave? Just 
I'm, I'm, I might have done. <laughs> so Cabbage, I think maybe he was upset about that. And he was like, I'm going to go to America where I'll be appreciated, where a lot of my fans are. That's what he said. Right, so he'll be appreciated, but you stuck him on a back shelf. I stuck him in a place where he can view what's going on. It's kind of like he's, look, he's like on my shoulder. <laughs> no. Cabbage on my shoulder. So... Brandon said he was See, when he's here, he, he sits front and center. You've just stuck him on a shelf in the background. No, don't don't change it now. It's too fucking late, isn't it? There. Are you That's happy? Better. Is that how you would treat him? Yeah. Yeah, cabbage is happier. Okay, good. All right. Um, got a couple more here. Question for next week. Why do some steroids cause more acne than others? Well, depends on the steroid. If you're talking higher androgens, then it's probably central nervous stress that's causing it and, and general stress and toxicity in general. If it's an aromatizing one, it's probably hormonal imbalances. You know, it all depends on the, on the steroid. There's different forms of acne caused by different side effects from the drugs. Little known fact, I think, a uh, client of mine was asking about, uh, he, he said he doesn't have a doctor, a regular uh, doctor to go to to get prescriptions from. Um, and he wanted to get on an antibiotic for acne, which... I don't not I don't normally always suggest that, but in his case, I think a short run of some doxycycline will help him dramatically mm -hmm. get it under control. And then once the infection, because you know acne is an infection of the skin, once that's under control, he can move forward with a clean slate. Um, I don't know how it works over there, but here in the U.S., uh, you can go to get it from uh, fish aquarium supply stores. Did you know that we got antibiotics here? No, it's it's you've got to go to the doctor, and they're, they're they're not keen on handing it out now. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, we uh, we're supposed to do that, but they do sell it for like fish aquarium supply, so you can get it from there. <laughs> you can get it from vet supplies, stuff like that. Um, two more. Um, would taking GH for a month on month off be beneficial looking to try different ways money wise thanks potentially yeah um i mean it's definitely going to have some impact yeah yeah it would have yeah some. i mean yeah i wouldn't say it's ideal but you know i, th I think people have a great gh personally um it's a nice additive sits in the background well but it wouldn't be something I'd be prioritizing my spending on. Speaking of things that people uh, overestimate, uh, and I had a thought on this, I'll ask you in a second, but it just totally ADD moment. Somebody mentioned to me yesterday, there's a coach that I guess uses really high insulin protocols uh, currently. There's a few, there's, 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 you mean my loss? No, no. Uh, <laughs> but from what I'm hearing, He's got guys that look like they're like 50 pounds heavier of muscle uh, in their off season. Uh, but then mm -hmm. when they diet down, they're literally like one pound heavier on stage. Yeah, it made me I think agree. Of you. I said, 
said this all along. Milos has done this time and time again. Um, don't get me wrong, I've got nothing against Milos. I, I like the guy, but but this this high insulin off season approach makes for good coaching stats. It, it makes for really great off season picks. Oh, look at this guy! He's put a ton on with this guy. What a brilliant! And then they come to stage, and usually they've had a harder time getting in condition, and there's very little difference in stage weight. Yeah. Um, I, I think, um, you know, there's a couple of people that will are going to experience this shortly. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's uh, – I don't – I've tried the high-insulin protocol. I, I tried my losses protocol. I've done various versions of high-insulin protocols, and I've always found the same result. Yeah. Massive off season. Look fucking enormous. And as soon as the insulin stops and the GH stops, you spend a week pissing your ass off and, and you're thirty, forty pounds fucking lighter and no bigger for it. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the, the, the drops. I mean, you know, my argument has always been that if you can get more nutrition into the muscle, that you're gonna get better recovery and as a result better growth. But I think there's gonna be some limitations to that. I think you know what, man, yeah. I, and, and the more I, I think about it. The more I think that you you may be right that it's not going to give, I mean, it, it definitely isn't going to give the the long term results of what you think you're getting. Yeah, I, I think you know a few I use GH with a meal is very beneficial in a, in a full program, and I, and I think insulin can be a very nice addition. But I think these these fifty hundred hundred and twenty IU blasts that 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 are done aren't they are useful if you earn your living looking big hmm. you know and, and rich piano was was great for this i mean he used insulin protocols for every expo so he came in 20 30 pound bigger than he was looked huge massive spectacle made a lot of money out of doing it hmm. brilliant perfect use for it but as a competitive bodybuilder trying to get bigger for shows i don't see it i really don't i i, I think two three are you um with a meal, depending on where you are, maybe a bit more of you really pushing big food amounts just to help those beta cells and to help that nutritional transit and drive things through, great. Yeah. 50 IU pre-workout with a shitload of intro and 100 IU post-workout with a shitload of post. No, I, I just, I, I don't I don't buy it. I've done it. The pump's too huge. You look massive, but like you've just said, and, you know, when, when, when you stop, it just goes to shit. It goes to nothing. Yeah, I could see how it would be a really good um sales pitch when you're posting before and after pictures uh, of your clients you know if you could make somebody look like they gained 50 pounds of muscle in an off season i'd be like hell yeah that guy knows something that other coaches don't sign me yeah sign me up um but i think as a, a low dose tacked on into a diet useful very useful yeah so that question the guy was asking month on month off of gh what about what would you prefer, Dave? A month on or month off, or how about like split it up through the week? If if there's seven days yeah, a week, I, I, you know, what about like three I, days I would, a week? I would, I would, if if uh, also if your budget can, I'd go EOD or Monday, Wednesday, Friday rather than go month on month off. Yeah, they would be my more preferred choices of it. I think if you went every two days, you're probably stretching it a bit too far at that. Um, but at the same time, I would also be like, well, look, if you can only manage, you know, every other day for a month, then I would say, save the money and, and put it into something else. Yeah. 
I would too, actually. It's not as big of a game changer as we were led to believe years ago, you know? No, you know, it, it isn't, not at all. Um, it is a nice addition, but it is not a prime. What I, it's not what I would call a primary driver for growth. Yeah, or even for dieting. Like, it's not a primary driver for... It's not the first thing I'd go to to cut, you know? No. And it's it's a nice addition if you can afford it. It's a luxury. I would call it definitely a luxury supplement, though. Yeah, it's a topping. You know, it's the cream on top. It isn't the substance of the cake, but it does it does have a nice finish to it. Yeah. I started some growth back up. I mean, not like I'm not running like high doses of growth, just two units a day, just to see if it helps with recovery and overall, like still recovery of my lungs. So repairing <laughs> tissues. We'll see. We'll see. All right. We got one more here. And we might have – no, we don't actually, but we might have something in the live feed. Um, because I think that, uh, who was that, 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 that message was well, here? For the I'm desperately needing a piss. So, uh, all right, well, we can, let's not, let's not go on too long. <laughs> Guys, Dave's got a pee. So we're going to end the podcast. Um, yeah. I, oh, wait. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> okay. We'll make this one really quick. Cause it's your good friend, Alfonso, who you've podcasted with. Uh, he says, hey, guys, great show. Any thoughts on food and supplements to reduce estrogen and foods to avoid? I'm not so sure on this. My knowledge isn't really strong enough here. Um, I mean, I know there's, there's thoughts around soy products and things like that. Um, I'm not sure how real-world impacting that is. I would say that body fat levels will have a bigger impact on estrogen than anything. Yeah. That there is thought that your water source can have a big impact on estrogen levels as well. Uh, and the, the theory behind it is that the water purification system does not remove hormones. It removes bacteria and contaminants and everything else to make the water clean to drink but it doesn't remove hormones. And as a result, our water supply actually has a high level of estrogen within it. Yeah. So the argument is that you should avoid tap water and go to bottled water. Really? Is there any truth in that in the real world? I, I don't honestly know. I haven't got a clue. I mean, I've, I drink tap water. I always have done, always will do. But uh, um, I would have said body fat will probably have the biggest influence on, on estrogen levels. Yeah. Um, but regarding specific foods, I'm I'm not sure how impacting they are. Uh, green vegetables they have uh, dim in them, so something like broccoli could be beneficial. And and mm -hmm. I think that high, you know, if, if you were to eat say a couple cups of broccoli three times a day, that I I have seen the difference to an extent. Like it's not like a big okay. change, but. Uh, what DIM does is help you to eliminate the waste estrogens that need to be broken down and removed out of your body. And if you don't get those broken down or removed, then you just have more estrogen circulating, especially unhealthy estrogens that we don't want. So, but, you know, and you can take DIM in a supplement as well. And I have seen that, and I'm sure you have too, to be effective for reducing estrogen, especially in like females. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen DIM work quite well. Um, there was a time when people were trying to use DIM for cycles, but it just isn't strong enough. But uh, what do you mean, use it for cycles? No, there was. I remember a trend where people were turning to DIM as a supplement to manage estrogen on cycle. Oh, yeah, it would take a lot of DIM, and uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't cutting it. 
All right. Uh, but yeah. Uh, well, let's wrap this thing up because Dave's got to pee, guys. Um, we appreciate you tuning back in with us. Uh, of course, go to crosslands.org.uk. You can reach out to Dave for some coaching uh, over there. Uh, reach out to me, McNally, diets at gmail.com. Right now, I'm about a week behind uh, on, on taking new clients, but I'd be happy to talk to you. Um, of course, go to our great sponsors, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK for some additional savings. Uh, supplementsource.ca. You can get some good deals there uh, for our Canadians. And, of course, go to evalbloodanalysis.com. If you're in the U.K., get your lab work done by Dave. I'd love to talk about that some more, man, because I got to firsthand witness you doing a bunch of lab work and, and helping a lot of people in the U.K., which seeing it firsthand was fucking awesome, man. And you are definitely doing a good thing that's helping a lot of people. But we can talk about that in another Thank show. You. So, Thank you. Guys, for Christmas Cabbage, Dave Crossland, myself, we'll see you soon. See you guys. Bye-bye.